So, um, I was, thought I'd try to do, record a little intro to say what this is. So, um, in this app called Signal, I'm in a kind of a group with my friends Cal and Craig and Mitch and Luke Johnston and Luke Thompson and John Bell, although he's always remained elusive in the background, hasn't said too much yet, but every once in a while it'll pop up. But anyways, um, so through this app, I, I was just kind of messaging um, Cal separately because I was reading in Genesis. I've been in Genesis lately, and um, we had, it, in our recent talk, me and Cal had talked to Peter Hyatt, and Peter Hyatt had mentioned um, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. And Mitch has been bringing that verse up a lot, too. And this verse has just been coming up for me and sticking out a lot. And so there's this idea of, like, that it's actually a... A fractal pattern um like it, it repeats and it's more talking about the firstborn and the secondborn the first i have loved the second I, no sorry the the first i have hated the second i've loved so, so um it just seemed to be a pattern like that so um anyways um this is just some clips where i i'll try to string them together i don't even remember what i said necessarily at this point hopefully it will make sense or at least be like provoke some thought uh into this um idea whatever um but this is just between uh me and cal i going back and forth i sent him a couple audio clips and then he responded i think with two which i thought were really really good uh one of them i think had a, a little advice in like how to approach uh any type of pattern which i thought was some really good advice when you come across a pattern you just kind of let it unfold before you um and and watch it uh reveal more and more instances um, cause you can't really take hold of it. If you take hold of it, you kind of, uh, yeah, you can, I mean, you can never kill it, but you would, you would lose it or something. Um, so anyways, too much rambling. Um, I'll just try to string the clips together and let them play out and hopefully it will at least be interesting. And if you find it interesting, um, I'd love to pick up the conversation and dig into the idea more and get some better, uh, better ways to talk about it. So, um, anyways, enjoy it. He mentioned that verse, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated, um, and kind of, and I kind of, like, I think when he said that, I kind of, like, jumped on it a little bit, because it's been coming up for me, and kind of on my mind, about Esau being more of just an image of the firstborn, the older, um, and Jacob is the younger, and so it kind of, it works as, like, a fractal pattern, um, the older I have loved, uh, the, the younger I have loved, the older I have hated, because you see it skip in the Bible. It's like Abraham marries, I'm pretty sure he marries Hagar. And so his firstborn is Ishmael. And then he has Isaac. And the blessing skips to Isaac. And then Isaac has Esau and Jacob. And the blessing skips to Jacob. And then Jacob has renamed Israel. And then he has, um, what he has, Reuben by Leah is his firstborn. And then he has joseph by rachel the firstborn of hers um so i'm not sure why it works this way maybe because he has two wives but when reuben defiles his bed then the blessing skips to joseph um and then joseph has two sons and then the blessing skips to the younger and ephraim and it's just like this pattern it just keeps happening over and over then even with jacob's wives he marries leah and rachel and uh genesis 29 i was just reading verse 30 it says jacob loved rachel more than leah and then in verse 31 it says when the lord saw that leah was hated and that same word hated is 
Sane, Sane or something. It's S-A-N-E. And that's the same word, Hebrew word in Malachi, where it says, Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. So um, there's something incredibly profound here. And I think it works according to the thing in Romans 11, where it's talking about um, the Israel is committed to disobedience that God might have mercy on all and that he might graft in uh, the Gentiles, graft in the younger. Um, it's like the firstborn is rejected. He says, Israel is my firstborn in the Old Testament. I think it's in like when he's talking to Pharaoh in the book of Exodus, he says, like, give me my son, my firstborn, Israel. And then he rejects Israel and chooses the younger. Um, I don't know. There's just some, there's something going on here. Um, yeah, it's extremely interesting because it seems to be happening a lot. And like I say all that, and I do say like that it seems that I'm pretty sure that people have like noticed this before that the the blessing seems to go to the secondborn. And I, I, I don't think that's like a new thing that I'm discovering or anything, but I don't know that anybody's tied it together the way that Peter Hyatt does or the way that, that we were kind of, that I was trying to hint at with him I think he was on the same page and he was saying the same thing is that uh, it seems to be about the reconciliation of all things because it's about creation so if you have cre creation um, it's like there's one and then there's two and so how does the two get pulled back to the one um, and it's like I mean it's like the prodigal son it's the same story it's like the older son um, you know, he never necessarily leaves his father's house, but the younger one is the one that receives the blessing. He receives the promise. He receives the, the love without conditions. Um, they both receive it, but it's the younger one that gets like the revelation of it and then is able to um, use that same love to give to his older brother and like bind them all back to the father. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like this, this circular pattern of, of mercy going out through all creation uh, to redeem all things. And I don't know that it's been uh, seen that way or articulated that way before. Um, and I'm probably doing a terrible job of articulating it, but um, I think that's kind of what Peter Hyatt was saying. And I'd like to hear, hear him maybe dig into it a little more. Um, I don't know, I still haven't gone through all this stuff though. You've probably listened to a lot more than me. No freaking way. This is too good, man. So, uh, yeah, it's like a pattern. The older I have loved, uh, no, that sorry, the older I have hated, the younger I have loved. And then the younger wrestles with the older for the blessing, right? And then, goodness, okay, I'm trying to think of how to do this. Um, it's just too much. And like I brought up before, it's like the, 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 the spirit is forgiveness or something. And it's like how... How does the Trinity work? It works as a fractal pattern of something like forgiveness and it pulls pulls the two back into one. Like there's a separation and then there's two through creation because there should be differences and one's different than the other and one's the elder, one's the younger, um, whatever. And then <laughs> it's like a pattern and so it just keeps like applying. You can apply it to almost anything. And then um, if it's split apart, it's uh, pulled back together through like that unconditional love, like I mentioned, right? And so Jacob wrestles with Esau in the womb and he gets and he takes the blessing. And then he wrestles with the angel and takes hold of the angel and won't let the angel go until he gets the blessing. 
And then he says to the angel, I've seen your face like I've seen God's face. And then he's reconciled with Esau right afterwards. And Esau forgives him, falls on him, and they weep on each other's neck. Very similar to the prodigal son story. He's received back into Esau's arms as the father receives him back. There's like the spirit of love between them. And then he says to Esau, I've seen your face like I've seen God's face, right? So he wrestles with Esau, he wrestles with the angel. But while he's wrestling with the angel, like if we skip back to that, um, the angel says to him, you know, your name is Israel. Um, he renames him and he says, because um, you have wrestled with God and with man and have prevailed. Um, so... There's, so that happens, right? And so there's an older and there's a younger and there's this wrestling and this this spirit between them and the spirit between God, whatever whatever's happening there. It's very ambiguous, very mysterious. Um, and so then you have Leah and Rachel and one, Leah's older, Rachel's the younger. And I never saw this before, but um, uh, so Rachel can't have children. She's barren. So she gives her maid to... Jacob to have children. He has the first one, um, which is Dan, which means judge. Then the second one is uh, Naphtali, which means wrestling. And she says, when she has, has, Rachel said, with great wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. Isn't that, I mean, it's like the same thing the angel says to Jacob when he's wrestling. I don't know. There's just too much, too much going on, man. Let me know what you think. All right, one more thing, uh, which is striking me as... It's always struck me as very mysterious, but this is way more mysterious than I thought now that I'm seeing this pattern of, like, the older and the younger. But, so, Rachel sees Reuben, the firstborn now, um, according to this, like, the, the story. He's now the firstborn. Um, and he's in the field, and he has mandrakes. And so Rachel wants his mandrakes. Um... I don't know what this means. Like, I wish I had, uh, I wish I had, like, um, more ancient understanding on what this, this symbol might have meant. I've heard somewhere that it was, like, a sign of fertility. Um, I'm not sure if that's true. I've also heard it's some sort of, like, magical herb or, like, hallucinogenic. I don't know if that's true either. But, um, so anyways, but she, after she gets the mandrakes, then she conceives and bears joseph which is like the second born like the blessing passes to joseph after it skips reuben so she's like wrestles with her sister sister leah and then somehow gets a hold of these mandrakes and then has joseph the second son um i don't know man <laughs> let me know what you think about it um yeah there's just a lot there's a lot there and i don't know what to what to do with all of it yet Okay, you said, talk about how this relates to the Church of the Unbelievers. Um, so, I'm guessing you asked me to want to expand on this, and I'm not even sure how. Like, I'm still, um, that's what I mean. Sometimes it feels like my mind is just still lagging, and I'm not quite, uh, like, like there's still walls or blockers up that are keeping me from, from seeing these patterns more clearly. Um, but I'm going to try, um, because I brought up Romans 11, right? So that um, he's, God has committed all to disobedience that he might have mercy on all. So he commits Israel, you could say, to disobedience. So he could graft the Gentiles in. So that through the mercy shown the Gentiles, they will show mercy back to Israel. And will show mercy on, on all. 
But then, so the Gentiles become the church, and then there's still Gentiles, right? There's still unbelievers, like you're talking about. Um, but um, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if we've seen it yet. Like, maybe that's what we're waiting for, for the pattern to hit again, to, like, repeat again in the church. Um, kind of what happened with Christ on the cross is going to happen again with the church. Um, I kind of believe so. I don't know what that would look like. Um, but um, because if we're... if So you have Israel as, like, a single man. And then you have a whole nation that is Israel. Then you have Christ, that's a single man. And then you have a whole, like, nation, multitudes of Christians that are Christ, that are his body. And so, I don't know, man. I don't know what it's going to look like when the pattern happens again. But it made me think also of, I know I'm just rambling now, because I'm really trying to just, like, I guess, uh, piece this together. Um, so I'm trying to find, sorry, I'm trying to turn my hand to Ezekiel, uh, you know, I go reference that one too. Ezekiel 16, um, where he says, because I was talking about the elder and the younger, and it seems to be this pattern of Jacob I have loved, the younger I have loved, but Esau I have hated, the older I have hated. So it's like committing the older to disobedience, the kind of the casting away. I don't know that's the casting away, but the blessing skips the older and goes to the younger. So it says, uh, let's see, your elder sister is Samaria. In Ezekiel 16, it says that your elder sister is Samaria, who dwells with her daughters to the north of you. Your younger sister, who dwells to the south of you, is Sodom and her daughters. So, if the elder is Israel, Samaria, that was kind of Israel at the time, because there was Samaria and Judah. Like, it got split up into Israel and Judah. And so, um, you have the older and the younger there. And right in the middle, then, but then there's like a third, right? But that's still like the younger. It's the older and the younger. The older, the younger. The older, the younger. It's like a pattern. So you could look at it that way, maybe, and say uh, Israel committed to disobedience. So that the Christians, I'm just like, I'm not saying this is definitive. Like, I'm just saying the, the pattern could apply on this. I'm not saying, because if I say it just means this, then, then the pattern would stop repeating and be like, you understand this. It means this, but so like it could apply here of like, so you could say like Israel committed a disobedience that God would have mercy to the church, which is Judah, but then Judah plays the harlot, but then Judah still has a younger sister, the Christians still have a younger sister, which would be the unbelievers, um, and so, and that would be Sodom in this case, um, so Israel committed disobedience that he might have mercy on Judah, the church committed disobedience that he might have mercy on Sodom, um, the rest of the, like this perpetual cycle of mercy or something. I don't know. Um, but there's more, like, they're right there. There's more talk of the older and the younger. And then in Ezekiel, gosh, where is it? It's got a whole chapter on the two harlot sisters, which is, like, could easily apply to Israel and the church. Ezekiel 23, the two harlot sisters. Uh, let's see. Where does it say? Their names, Ahola, the elder, and Aholabah, her sister. So, Ahola. Samaria and Aholabah is Jerusalem. Um, so you have the older and the younger there as well. Sorry, I know I'm going rambling on and on. And probably none of it's making sense. Like, uh, I don't know. Part of me, you know, in that last message, feels almost like I'm um, stretching it to make the pattern apply so I can make it fit my theology. 
of like the reconciliation of all things, um, which I truly do believe, but I don't want to be like uh, deceitful or, you know, twist scripture to make the pattern apply to my ideas. But I'm, I guess I was just, I was trying to um, because I guess I'm trying to see how it could. Because um, uh, I feel like maybe you kind of have to do that in order to try to be watchful. Um, maybe so not to where I'm saying like this this is uh, I don't know I don't know what I'm getting at um, it just feels like I'm kind of maybe like I, I don't know I could feel people objecting to that where I'm like uh, Samaria's Israel Jerusalem's Christianity um, Sodom's unbelievers and they're all going to be uh, reconciled through this pattern. I mean, that's what I see. That's how it looks to me, but I can't really explain it right. And I feel like just laying out that one little thing in Ezekiel is uh, not enough to maybe back up um, what seems to be happening. Um, like you said, the pattern, if it's a pattern, it, it has lots of instances and you can point to lots of different instances to point to the pattern or something like that. If I'm quoting you right, I need you better quoting you. If you just reacted, that would be limiting reality. If you just identified with your knee-jerk judgment or perception, um, that would be limiting reality and not doing its not doing justice to its nature as infinite. Since it is in ultimate reality, it is ultimate reality, and it is infinite. That is, it's dialetheic. It admits of, um, it, it is itself and its opposite simultaneously. It, it admits of the one judgment and also the opposite judgment. So that the final judgment is is no judgment, and condemnation is condemned. And that, that mercy is the judgment. Um, and so this is a creative pattern. Um, Instead of identifying with your first reaction or label or limit or predication, you there's there's some kind of process that must happen before you be, can can become aware of the whole. The process is like a dialectical process of like a first giving rise to a second, and then then they struggle and that begets a third. There is like a kind of thesis synthesis thesis antithesis synthesis dynamic. So that the like the antithesis is necessary to bring about a synthesis, and the synthesis reflects reality of uh, awareness of, of the whole, and that so reality is moving through through cycles of recursion of becoming aware, becoming self-aware uh, at each um, sort of cycle. Okay, so I haven't listened to your messages yet, and I'm sorry. I'm gonna go back and listen for a second. Um, just one more thing I was reading. I think I'm done reading for the day at this point because I think I just need at least the scriptures because I think I just need um, Okay, it's going. I think I just need to let it soak or something. I don't know. I don't want to read too much um, It's one of those things where like it's kind of all in my head right now and it feels like <sighs> I'm out here walking and it feels like this place where I come out to walk is like one of those thin places That Sherry talked about Mitch talks about it as well where it just it literally feels like like angels can talk to you or something. Like you just the ideas are clearer and everything. Um, and then sometimes 
I later on I'm like what the heck was I even thinking <laughs> um so maybe it's good to say it now and maybe it will make sense later maybe it won't but anyways so I probably just need to soak with these ideas maybe and meditate on them more as well but um the last thing I wanted to say sorry I'm rambling just not getting to it is I just the last thing I just read it was talking about the genealogy of Esau and there's this little refrain where it says it at least three times maybe four times in that chapter and it says Esau is Edom um Esau has two names sort of he has the name Esau which I think they give him that name because he comes out and he's like a hairy he's got hair all over kind of beastly I don't know whatever a little wolf boy I don't know what you call it um but then they then when he wants the red stew there's this idea of red and he gets it this is when he goes for the stew with Jacob and he says give me some of this red stew and so then they give him the name Edom because it means red like Adam Adam means Adam is named Adam Adam because of the red clay the red dust of the earth so there's like a link there between Esau and Adam so the reason I mentioned that is because uh, Jacob I have loved Esau I have hated the firstborn the, uh, the older I have hated the younger I have loved um, and then and Craig just asked me this too. He said, is Christ the firstborn or is he the secondborn? And I'm like, he's both because it's a pattern. Because I think, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter, first, chapter 15. It's like in Egypt, God calls Israel his firstborn. And then because people are constantly being created and constantly being born. So there's always a first and then there's a second. There's a first and there's a second. There's a first and a second. It's like... If you look at the book of Hebrews, it's like the first covenant and then the second covenant, the first and the second. This kind of has this weird refrain, but in, sorry, back to first Corinthians, mind is kind of jumbled here. Um, it's, it says, uh, the first man, Adam, was uh, like a man of flesh, and the last man, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. So he's the, he's the second there, but he's also called the firstborn among many brethren. So it's like Jesus is the second. Uh, according to Adam, because Adam is the son of God. If you follow the genealogies, it says Adam in the Gospels. When it says Adam, he's the son of God, and Jesus is also the son of God. Um, so it's a it's a pattern. And now Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren, and it's interesting to think about what that might mean. But I'm not sure how to talk about any of that yet, or what to think necessarily.